Mentally Unstuck is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Jojo, created to help successful people who feel stuck move forward to pursue a path of feeling whole and excited. Let's get moving. Hey everybody, it's Jojo here on Successfully Unstuck with episode 43. I have two amazing guests for you. So um, hang in there. There's going to be a lot of laughter and a lot of fun, and that's just how we roll. But before we get going, I wanted to give a shout out to Community Yoga Center. They offer yoga teacher training. Um, I have personally worked with a lot of the yogis there and done workshops with them, and they're going to be taking applications for their next cycle of yoga teacher training. So um, if you have the opportunity, look them up on communityyogacenter.com. And now the moment we've all been waiting for, um, we're working on reaching out to people, helping them fulfill their dreams, fulfill their life goals. And I love focusing on community. And these two guests build a special community in their own way by supporting teachers. We have Jesse Yu and May Lai Yim today from Jam with Confidence. This is also the first episode that I have recorded. So uh, I may post some snippets for you, share on YouTube. And they're also two great friends of mine. So we'll get into all that. Ladies, I thought we would start with all of the business stuff first, and then later we'll talk about how we met. So it's kind of like a mullet. Do you know that haircut? Business in the front, party in the back. Okay. <laughs> I normally, I normally don't do that either. Um, but could you tell us, Jesse, where you all are working, where you're coming from? Well, so May and I started Jam with Confidence, and Jam came from Jesse and May, and then we put together to Jam. That's hot. Oh my gosh. Okay. I yeah, and the whole jamming part was just like, you know, May and I like to have fun with our programs, um, with how we teach and coach. And so, you know, we wanted to bring that fun element into our business and also empowering teachers that they can do things their own way mm -hmm. and also have fun with it um, while helping their students or their clients in whichever direction they decide to do, whether it's like a tutoring business or just mm -hmm. um, like a business with their clients with specific programs and things like that. Um, hey, where yeah. did you two meet and where are you now? I tried to give someone the background on all this and I didn't know if I had all my content. <laughs> so funny thing is both Jesse and I met in Korea. We were teaching English uh, overseas. But the funny thing is, is that we actually were both from Canada, but we didn't even meet each other. We were in different parts of the neighborhoods. And so um, it wasn't until Jesse and I, we were in the same orientation in the cohort to teach um, ESL in Korea. That's when we met. And I think it's been what, like seven or eight years since then, Jesse? I don't know. My math might be. <laughs> oh, it's been like 10 years, maybe. 10, 10 years. years. Oh my goodness. Oh, still feel young. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and so yeah, that's where we started. And right, and ever since then, I think back in 2018 was when we started to really commit and start on figuring out like, okay, we want to start a business together. Jam with confidence was established. We went in different directions, but then we hired a coach. Uh, we hired two coaches. First one wasn't really aligned with us, but the second one was, and that's when we started to to really focus on alignment and really doing things that uh, make us feel good and find that fulfillment versus like, oh, chasing the money because most teachers are all about chasing the money. And so we wanted to pivot away from that. And now Jesse and I, we help teachers make more money without spending uh, time uh, by creating their own badass programs. And this is where we are now. (laughs) I love it. And what motivated you to have a business because for a while you were doing both. And I think it's different when you have a business and a career, right? Like I've done the same. We keep running into teachers who were like in the same situation, but to fully um, dive into being in business for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, That's my first part. And also like, why is that important for you to help other teachers do that? Hmm. Um, I would say it's not easy, <laughs> for sure, because if you have your own career, it's something that's established, right? And there's that sense of security, knowing that you're going to have a consistent uh, paycheck coming in. Um, however, also having a business can just be equally fulfilling, right? And so it took a lot of time to really just take the leap because I figured for me personally, May and I, when we were doing both, um, it took a lot of our time and I started burning out a little bit, but even with that time spent, May and I were able to get clients, you know, on board and we were able to launch actually four programs last year um, while teaching. And so it made me see that possibility. Like, what would that look like if I was going all in on this um, and see how far we can grow and the potential that we can reach, especially with making an impact and really helping our teachers and also guiding them to do the same, right? And so it was kind of like, let me just do it and give it a shot. And if, you know, it goes in a different way, it goes in a different way, but all resourceful and we can always go back to our jobs. It's not like, oh, you can't go back to teaching, you know, should it go in a different way than you expected or wanted to, right? So yeah, May, I really um, and I know I asked a two-part question, but I want you to talk about the mindset shift because Jesse said security, like that the the job feels more secure. Yeah. And I don't know, I if you could talk about if it really does feel more secure to do that than to build a business for yourself? Uh, Okay, most definitely, yes. Knowing that you have a source of income coming in, it's like, yes, that consistency is nice. And so like, I think for me, what pivoted for me to really get that sense of security is really understanding where I am currently in my financial financial situation. Because, you know, there are moments where like, oh, I don't have a paycheck coming in, but we tend to focus on what's not coming in that we need to start focusing on what is already there. And so it wasn't until I was able to really reevaluate my finances and really 
plan out like, okay, if I'm going to do this for the next six months, what is it going to be in a sense of finances to really get that going so that I can feel safe? Because at the end of the day, it's you want to have that feeling of safety so that you can take that leap. And for me, knowing that and also understanding that I had support from my husband to do this as well. And a bonus is being able to spend more time with Oliver was elements that made me make the decision to be like, yeah, let's take that leap, go all in because I have what I need and to feel safe enough and to trust myself to really um, go all in for myself and our business. Yeah. And number one, um, May's son, Oliver is so adorable. (laughs) If you stalk her on social, you've got to see this kid. Like he kind of motivates all of us, right? Like we're all like, cause my kids are big and Jesse doesn't have kids. And we're all like, okay, what's going to work with Oliver's schedule Yes. when we get together? It's really beautiful um, to be able to do that. But also for me, and I don't know if you two felt this way, cause you worked on, I think a different type of contract than I did. Like yes. my contracts were every year, but I had tenure and there was so much job security for me working in public ed. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, I felt like a number. I felt like, so in that security piece, I didn't always feel as secure. I could get transferred schools, even though that didn't happen. My schedule changed every single year. because Also because I taught dance. I was building a program. But since I started teaching 16 years ago, I had a different schedule. Every That doesn't feel mentally or emotionally secure. So I also felt like having a business, I could have more influence on what I wanted my schedule to look like during the day and who I interacted with. I don't know if you two felt that part of security or being limited on how much money I could make was an also a, a big difference in public ed and working for myself. <laughs> May's like, oh, I never thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, it, it's just interesting that you brought it up because like for some reason, and I always thought in the public se- sector, there's always stability and that you'll get contracts every year. You're secure, but in the ESL field, it's like, you know, after eight weeks, you might not be hired again. And so it was very interesting that you brought this perspective up because I thought like most teachers who are in the education working with the public system, they're pretty secure because they will be given something. But for us, it's like once our our lack of security came with is, am I going to be here in the next eight weeks? Are they going to hire me again? Do they like me? Do they have enough students in enrollment? Like, is that even a thing for us? And so I think our security came our insecurity came from not being hired again. And so that's where like, yeah, it's interesting perspective that you're proud of. <laughs> hmm. I also never really thought of it, maybe because I got so used to being renewed every semester almost, except for COVID, you know, happened when there weren't international students available. And that's where I lost the contract or lost my job for a few months. But other than that, I'm we're so used to the insecurity that it doesn't feel like anything different, if that makes sense. Until you brought it up, there is so yes. much up and down. And yeah. we are just a number, really. Yeah, we <laughs> so are. We are. That yeah. was a really interesting. And not, I know when, because we've talked about our students before. So I know that that feeling of just being a number 
doesn't come from like interacting with your students. I didn't feel like that either. Mm -hmm. um, I got to overhear some students not too far back telling someone that like they know I really care and they mm -hmm. didn't know I could still hear them. And it like meant everything to me, you know, that they said that, but you all made me think of um, the word security means different things to different people. So for some people, and I think I've passed through this feeling of, I want to be able to like pay my bills every month, of course, don't we all? But security started meaning something different and it had more to do with my emotions. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel emotionally secure. Like I didn't feel well anymore in that setting. And you all know my, I have all the ideas and all the things and I wanted to pursue those and that felt better. Mm -hmm. um, the security thing was really interesting that you bring it up too, because as much as, you know, when we're teaching or we're in teaching, a lot of times we feel we don't know anything else, right? And like, it took me a really long time to realize that I have so many other ways to make money. So why not go towards something that I'm really passionate about and has the potential for limitless money in the future, right? And if it doesn't work out the way I wanted, the time frame I wanted, you know, sometimes okay. you set these deadlines and then you pressure yourself and it doesn't go a certain way, you, you might get bogged down by that. But learning that, hey, well, if it happens that way, let me look for another job, like, there's, it's just knowing that I'm able to do that really helped push it forward to be like, hey, I can stop this now in my teaching career, you know, and then pursue this and then come back to it if I really need to, you know, go yeah. to another school or something else, even if another thing pops up that makes me intrigued to try and apply for, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel like a point I want to also mention is that a lot of teachers when they like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing, they feel like they have to do like all 100%. And like, the thing is, is that like, I've noticed that once they're all in, they're like, oh, I can't go back. I can't go back because there's this fear, fear of like, going back and facing the judgment and the like, oh, my goodness, you failed your back. Why did you even try? And of course, it's going to impact their self worth and how they see themselves. And obviously, it goes into an, an, another layer. Because um, that's exactly how I felt when I started a business back in Cambodia. And then it failed and it worked out. And I didn't I couldn't bring myself to come back into the same school I was teaching. At. I'm like okay no because of the emotional layers that I did not work through well now I'm working through but that even that judgment that fear of judgment comes up when you do not succeed and that that in itself is is scary for a lot of people that's why they don't take that leap it's safer to just stay where they are so they don't have to face the truth that they failed but it doesn't mean that they are a failure and there's that you know there's this merge of identity that once something doesn't work out they do think that they're a failure but it's not it's just one thing didn't work out and you learn from that experience and that's something that I've learned through the years right that's what I was going to ask you as you were saying that was do people really think we're failures when we try things and and they don't work out or do we think they're going to think we're failures because you know when I had the dance studio and people really wanted that for me. Like this was like a 20 year old dream, you know, that I finally got to realize and it didn't work out. Pandemic happened and I never felt like I 
failed. I mean, I understand the feeling you're expressing, but with the dance studio, it was like, I got out there and did it. I couldn't control it, but it was the doing it, the setting up the business. Like I still use the same business for my consulting, same business account. Like it made me get out there and it helped other people see me like, oh, you have a business and think of me like when dance things come up now, it's like, oh, whoa, I get all these, you know, just because I did it. And just as you were saying that, I was like, oh, no one thinks we're failures. If you, you know, you went to Cambodia and you went back to the same school, people would have been like, oh my gosh, what was that like? You know, Mm -hmm. when I went to Columbia and came back and then I taught another year, people were like, Mm -hmm. you're back. Like they couldn't even imagine that I would come back, but it wasn't because they thought I failed. It was because Mm -hmm. they saw what I did was so huge, you know, so it was a lesson to myself. So I'm really glad you said that because it really made me think about how we, what do you call it? Project other people's beliefs yeah, internalize it and think like that's what they think but really it's not they're more interested in the journey (laughs) nobody said that just you (laughs) yeah jesse did you want to add on to that no i think you both said it really well i was just going to say like a lot of times when we think about what other people think it's our own feelings and our own emotions and our own experience as dictating that right Mm -hmm. and like you said no one flat out went like oh my goodness I can't believe you came back and you failed this like no they were been more like oh you're back I'm so curious like tell me like what happened and also knowing that you did something different it just opens up doors to other opportunities that you would have never even you know thought to look for if you hadn't done something different and so that's just something to really think about too that's a good point yeah sorry no I'm just gonna say this one thing and then I want to hear you like I get to hear that all the time but we would never say that to someone we would never think that oh my gosh you started a business in another country and now you're back nobody would ever so why do we do that to ourselves that was that that um I I think the biggest learning for me after it didn't work out in Cambodia was I actually started to find my own way and make it work for me so I started to privately tutor and get students uh, on my own through like advertising posting doing all the things because I told myself like because when I went back they said I'm gonna just pay you $23 an hour I'm like "Uh uh-uh no way because I already got that experience I need you know, I was asking for $30 and they're like, no, we can't pay you that. We don't have the budget for it. And I'm like, no, you know what? I can privately tutor and charge $30 or more an hour. I've seen other teachers do it. So no, I'm not going back to deal with a class of students that may appreciate me, may not, but to get all the planning and all the things, I'm like, no. So then that's where I realized that like, there's possibilities outside the classroom and that you can make your own money and you can really start it um, if you truly believe it and know that you're worth more than you believe that. Yeah. So. I feel empowered right now. I'm <laughs> I feel like shouting. I want to say um, one thing just for listeners who may not be in the education world. ESL is English as a second language. Hmm. Um. Yeah, we use our our teacher acronyms, but I really want to know, so you saw this for yourself. How did you move into 
I can show other teachers how to do this because you touched on earlier that so many teachers don't think that they have other skills mm -hmm. and it's, there are so many skills that teachers have. I mean, if you put on a Christmas program, you know, an elementary school teacher, like you're working in that production realm and organizing. So how did you move from, I'm going to be in business to myself for myself to, Oh, I could show other people how to do this too. That's a really good question. question. I know you two looked at me like, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, it was like small steps in the journey. And then you always realize after the fact, if that makes sense. And so May and I, like we said in the beginning, you know, for me, it started from traveling alone and constantly meeting other people with their own business and working remotely like 10 years ago already and I used to always ask them how like what are you doing you know and some are doing like drop shipping they're on <laughs> Amazon selling things some people are teaching ESL um, so many different ways right and and I was always curious but it was scary to kind of take that leap and then I started talking to May one day about this <laughs> and then and then I don't know that's that's how we kind of started forming an idea together but in the beginning stages we were thinking where can we make money and that took away from the alignment piece right and so we started working on building curriculum um, for international students who want needed to take a proficiency test in order to immigrate to Canada or go to school in Canada so that was the direction we started with interesting but we realized like we were kind of tired. We don't really like testing. <laughs> we were good at it, but we didn't enjoy it. And and this is where we really had to take a step back and go back to the drawing board and being like, what is it about teaching or were there certain people that we've taught that really brought us joy? And we realized it was mentoring new teachers coming into the field. May and I have done this so many times. Um, and yeah. it was just so fulfilling to be able to guide them because it fell apart of like, this was past us and yeah. we felt the same and we wish we had somebody that could really um, take us step by step yeah. the way. And then that led into, oh, we can actually help teachers see more beyond the classroom. And that just came, um, even though our first coach didn't line with us, um, he had us come on to support his team and help those teachers. And then we realized all of them were trying to go independent. And we were really consulting with them one-on-one -on -one <laughs> and helping. And then we realized we're a passion way and what we were really good at. And that's really helping them build their own badass programs so that <laughs> they can be able to help their clients. So it was like little step-by-step Mm -hmm. to for us to start realizing oh like this is it or oh this is what we wanted so you had yeah no you had your own yeah. aha moment and may um can you touch on like when you see that aha moment in your clients because they're looking for something and a lot of times uh for teachers and obviously like we're all teachers so that's what we're <laughs> our background is I don't know if it's like this in corporate America but it's like you know you want something else, but you don't know what. So you see, like, I know you all do workshops. Maybe someone signs up for your workshop and they're like, I'm just going to see. They still don't, they haven't committed to themselves or whatever. They might even sign up for your program. Like, eh, I'll just see. But when they finish that or they get their first client, like, what does that feel like for you? 
Oh, that's a great question. So I would say that like the recent program that we created, um, it was to kind of help teachers with getting their program and their offers known so on social media because that was a, a gap that we noticed. And one client, I remember her vividly because she she was very like done with everything. She's like, I'm over this. Like, this is the only thing I need to get money going and all the things. And so she was feeling feelings and she wanted a new strategy. She wanted something different because what the method, the old methodologies didn't work anymore. And so when she took a program, she started to have lots of aha moments. And we're like, oh my goodness, you see that? Did you see that? Um, It was very exciting to see because I'm like, we had those moments too. So it was really nice to to go back to how we were in the past to kind of watch what our clients were going through because we were there once. And so during that process, um, what was nice is that all three clients, after they finished our program, they managed to get their own clients. And we're like, oh my goodness, it's working. And not only that, they believed in themselves more. This is what was most important. Like they believed that they were able to offer something and they had something valuable to offer and that they felt confident enough to post it and talk about it and share it. And that's why they were able to get clients into their program because they understood the connection that it had to be aligned and it had to be something that they felt good about. And that's where it came to us where like, that that's what what we kind of sell it's that alignment piece um that and so your program has to be aligned so that it becomes easier and a part of you in your business so we were excited we were so happy when they were like i got clients may or they would message no, us <laughs> i'm gonna have to like share this part of the video like i'm not gonna post the whole video but like your excitement <laughs> And then Jesse's like co-signing for you, like with her <laughs> excitement is very, very beautiful. And one thing that I'm so glad that you emphasized was alignment. And I was wondering, Jesse, if you could talk about that idea of alignment a little bit more for like people listening who are not familiar with what that mm -hmm. even is, because number one, I feel like you two are like coaching me right now. Like I feel excited <laughs> too. Um, but also, what does that mean for people so that as they're kind of searching their hearts, they know mm -hmm. what's going Because it applies to anything, right? Not just teaching. This is like yeah. career, hobby, fitness, all the things, alignment, relationships. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that? I On the spot. So. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no. Jesse's good at that. He, she's like that. So <laughs> I was, the one thing that really comes to mind is like, um, you know, you get so used to a routine and you start doing something because you're like, oh, this is all I know, or um, this is something that my job requires of me. And you start getting into kind of that rut. And when you start feeling like, oh, I have to do this versus like, oh my God, I really want to do this. Like, I feel like that's when you realize your alignment piece is kind of missing <laughs> in that way. Um, that was the biggest thing that I would think about. But also it's like, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm not creative or I don't really have anything to offer. But remember, a lot of that's your inside voice telling you these things or outside factors that told you your whole life that you're not creative. So you're letting them dictate how you live your life. And so the reason why me and I get really excited, especially with program planning we do, we really ask you those questions, get to reflect and then make you see your own strengths. Um, I still remember this one client where she was like, I have nothing to offer. Like my program sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. And then by the end, she was like, oh, 
I'm actually really good at this. And this was developed throughout the program because we kept asking questions and then she would say something and then she would see another teacher um, that was having problems and she would kind of come in to help and she realized, oh, I'm really good at this. And then it's like with through emphasis, you know, and us like encouraging her, she was able to list out her own strengths and like end up creating her own program. So sometimes it's just, you need like a little bit of a push from someone else for you to start seeing. And then when you see one, then you're gonna start finding other examples in your life that will be like, oh, like, because if a lot of people keep telling you you're good at something, <laughs> even if you don't believe you are, that's a sign and you need <laughs> to take that, right? You need to really be able to openly accept someone's compliment, which a lot of us have a hard time doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, if you're hearing at least two, three people saying the same thing, it's something that you should take note of and then start reflecting like, why did they say I was really good at that? Like, what was it that I did that helped them, you know, achieve their goals, for example, in a sense of if as teachers with students, um, you know, they come back like, oh, I got that job like in the past because you helped me just tweak a little bit about of, you know, something or with their confidence. And yeah, I think that was the big one that comes to mind. Yeah. You made me think of how there's this difference between alignment. So people, you know, kind of confirming like a talent you have. And then that thought like, oh, I would I would really like to do that can I do that versus someone telling you that you're good at something that you you're like, I wouldn't even want to do that. Like if somebody yeah. was like, you're really good at putting things together, you should be an electrician or I'd be like, ah, no, <laughs> not in alignment, you know, versus something else. Um, but it's really good. Um, I want you to share where people can find you and then we'll go into more about how we got to know each other with part two and I'm excited about that um well you can find us on our Facebook business page called jam with confidence remember Jesse and May J-A-M <laughs> that's how you're going to remember um also we're on LinkedIn and Facebook so it's Jesse you um I'll put it all in the show notes. No, I'll or, put it yeah, mainline yam, and we have our own personal Facebook account or our Facebook group, which we call online program planning for badass teachers who empower. And so when you search that, it will like pop up as well. Awesome. That will be in the show notes. And then come back um, for part two, and you'll get to hear how I got to know these crazy girls. This is Micah, producer of Successfully Unstuck with JoJo, thanking you for listening and growing with us. Successfully Unstuck is not only a podcast, but a community of high achievers who want to use the creativity to surpass obstacles and live a more fulfilling life. Level up yours and start making an impact on others. Join the Successfully Unstuck Facebook community and start sharing your wins. We are rooting for you. This is Micah, signing off.